Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Kings, chapter 20, verses 22 to 28. 1 Kings, chapter 20, verses 22 to 28. The title of my message this morning is, The God of Hills and Valleys. The God of Hills and and valleys. All of us here this morning have experienced in our lives hills and valleys. We can look back in time and we can see and remember the highs and the lows in our life. We can see and remember the good times and the bad that we have had in our life. We can remember the times where we were perhaps praising God on the hilltop and we can remember the times that where maybe we were perhaps pleading for God in the valley below. We all have these experiences in our lives, these experiences of, of hills and valleys, these highs and lows in our life. But what's going to make the difference in your life this morning is understanding that the God that we serve, the God that we worship, the God that we call out to this morning is the God of hills and valleys. You believe the Lord Jesus uh, is the God of hills and valleys this morning, amen? Yes, the God that we serve is the God of hills and valleys. Whether you're praising God this morning or whether you're pleading for him in whatever situation in the valley below, knowing that God that we serve is the God of the hills and valleys is vital and important for the believer in Christ. Why is understanding that so important? Why is understanding that the God that you serve is the God of hills and valleys? Why is that so important? Because understanding that vital truth shows us the sovereignty of God. That simply means that God is still in control. No matter the circumstance, no matter where we're at in our life, no matter if we're on the hill top or whether we're in the valley understanding that God is in control, understanding the sovereignty of God, understanding that the God we serve and love and praise this morning is the God of hills and valleys will help us wherever we're at in any situation in life. So I want to share with you three truths from the word of God this morning that God knows about your hills, and, your, your hills and valleys. What does God know about your hills and valleys today? Well, I want to share with you three truths that God knows about your hills and valleys. Let's take a look uh, in verses 13 to 21. Now, we're not going to read through verses 13 to 21, but I'm just going to tell you, uh, give you a little update about what's going on here in these verses, and then we will get to our truths. But there in verses 13 to 21 of 1 Kings chapter 20, what we see here is there is a war between Israel and Syria. And God had uh, sent a prophet to the king of Israel and told the king Ahab that he would receive the victory in the battle ahead. And the Bible tells us that as Israel went to war with the armies of Syria, that the Syrian armies fled. And the last time somebody saw the king of Syria, he was last seen running away on his horse. He was last seen riding away on his horse. Well, now we're going to pick up the story. We're going to pick up the account here in verse 22. And let's read and see what's happening here in the Word of God. The Bible says, And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself, and mark, and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against thee will come up against thee. The first truth I want you to understand this morning, that God knows about your hills and valleys. The first truth I want you to see is God knows our future. 
God knows our future. God knows our future in the hills and the valleys. God knows about it. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to take place uh, in your hills and in your valleys. God knows what's going on. Notice what the prophet said to the king of Israel in verse 22. The king of Syria, the king of Syria, is coming back in one year. That's what he said there in the last part of verse 22. He said, at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against thee. The one you just fought, that battle that you just fought, that man that you just fought, you know what's going to happen? And a year from now, in one year from now, you will face him again. You will fight him again. And so God knew the future. He knew that the king of Israel would again one day fight from a year from now, would one day fight this king again. God could look into the future and see the future of what was going to take place. And I want you to understand this morning that God knows your future. He knows that you're, the wars that you're going to fight. He knows the battles that's coming up in your life that you have no idea about. He knows what's coming that you don't know what's on the way. Isn't it great that we serve a God that is not taken by surprise? Oh man, praise God, it is so great that we serve a God that is not taken by surprise by our problems. We serve a God that is not taken by surprise by the things that, that come up in our life. The God we serve knows, the God we serve knows the ending from the beginning. We serve an infinite, all-knowing God this morning that knows what lies ahead in our lives. And here God was telling King Ahab that after the war was over, one of the things he needed to do was to strengthen himself because there was another war coming. So I want you to notice several things here in verse 22 that the Bible tells us that we need to do after we have won a war. I want you to notice several things we need to do after our victories. First, after our hilltop victories, we need to be strengthened. Isn't that what the Bible said there? There in verse 22, the Bible says, And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said to him, Go strengthen thyself. Why would this prophet tell, why would this prophet tell the king of Israel that what he needed to do, first off, the very first thing that you need to do, King Ahab, you have just fought this battle, you have just won this victory, but the first thing you need to do before you do anything else, the very first thing you need to do is you need to go strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself, yes. How many of us here this morning can testify that whenever we are in the battles of our life or whenever we are fighting things in our life, that it has a uh, it has a, a toll on our bodies. It has a toll uh, on us physically. It takes a toll on us spiritually. It takes a toll on us emotionally and mentally. And one of the things that we have to understand is after when we're fighting our battles, when the battle is over and we have won the victory, one of the things that we need to do is, the very first thing we need to do is we need to strengthen ourselves. Man, we need to rest. We need to recover. We need to get our strength back. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that so important? Because there is another battle coming. There is another war that is on the way. And so before it gets there, you need to be strong. You need to strengthen yourself. 
And so that is what the prophet told the king of Israel there in verse 22. The very first thing you need to do is you need to strengthen yourself. You see, when the battles are over, when the battles are over, the soldiers are tired. When the battle's over, the, the soldiers are wore out. And they need to be strengthened. So strengthen yourself after your victories by getting alone with God. Getting alone with God. Spending time with God. Never be satisfied in your strength. But always and continually be strengthening yourself. Did you know this? Did you know that a weightlifter goes through what is known as resistance training? Weightlifters go through what is known as resistance training. Those that want to be strong are never satisfied with the strength that they have. Now a man that lifts 300 pounds, if he is satisfied in lifting 300 pounds, he will never get to 350. You know why? He will never be able to, uh, to lift that heavy load. He will never be able to, to lift that because he is satisfied in the strength that he already has. But what will happen when the day comes, when a load comes on his life that is more than what he could bear? And he hasn't strengthened himself like he should have. Never be satisfied in the strength that you presently have. Man, always be strengthening yourself in your spiritual life. If we don't strengthen ourselves for the next fight, we'll be too weak to win when the next war comes. The second thing is, after our hilltop victories, we need to mark them. Notice what the Bible says there in verse 22. The Bible says, And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go strengthen thyself and mark and mark. You say, well, what does that mean? And mark. Well, that term mark there means to note it, to write it down. When God gives you a victory in your life, you know what you need to do? You need to make a note of it. That's what he told him there. That's what the prophet told the king of Israel there in verse 22. He said, you need to go strengthen yourself. And the next thing you need to do is you need to make note of this. You need to mark this down. You need to, to make note of how God came through for you. You need to mark this down, make a mental note, whether it's on paper or whether it's in your brain, you need to make a mental note of the victory you had. Make a mental note of how God came through for you. Make a mental note of where you were at when God came through for you. So when God gives us victory in our lives, in areas of our lives, we need to, we need to make a note of it. One of the things that has increased my faith in my Christian life and my trust in God is remembering and thinking back on the victories that God has already given me. Thinking back on how God has taken care of you in the past will increase your faith in the present. Now I know God has blessed and done things for all kinds of folks here today. 
And one of the things that will increase your faith today, whenever you're going through the battles and struggles of life on a hilltop or down in a valley, one of the things that will increase your faith and your trusting God is remembering back, taking that mental note, remembering back and going back and remembering how what you was going through and how you prayed to God and how God delivered you in that situation that you was in. And remembering what God done for you then will help you get through what you're going through now. Third thing is, after our hilltop victories, we need to prepare for more battles. One of the very first things that we talked about already there in verse 22 is how God knows our future. And one of the very first things we said was, was he said there in the last part of verse 22 that God said at the, re- at the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against thee. And so one of the things that we need to do is we need to understand and realize that when this battle is over, this battle is done, there is another battle coming. There's another battle that's on the way. That's why you have to strengthen yourself and take note of what happened and remember what God has done because there's another battle on the way. At the return of the year, the king of Syria will come up against thee. Remember this victory. Remember this day because it won't be long. You'll be at war again. And isn't that how it is in our lives? Man, we have hills and valleys. We have times of peace, times of war. And we must be prepared for that spiritual fight. We must be equipped for the fight physically. We must be ready for it to fight mentally. We must be prepared spiritually for these battles that come our way. Now, whether it's through demonic attack, whether it's just going through the things of life, regardless of the circumstance, man, battles come our way. And it's not just one. Once we get done with one, there is another. And once we fight this one, there's another. And once we fight that one, there's another. And it's just a constant thing in our lives. And so we must be prepared for more battles. The Syrians here were said to be coming back in one year. The prophet said these Syrians, they will be back in one year. And you know the Syrians, just like the devil, he'll be back. You can count on it. The devil is not done with you. The devil's not done with your family. The devil's not done with your church. The devil's not done with anything that you're involved in the devil just like the Syrians will be back you know whenever Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted of the devil for 40 days after the Lord's victory there in the wilderness the Bible says there in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 13 the Bible says that when the devil had ended all the temptation he departed from him for how long? for a season for a season You may win the victory today. You may win the battle today. But you better be strengthened. And you better remember and mark down the victory you had and what God done and everything that took place here. Because you'll need that faith next year when the battle comes. You'll need that faith when that next battle comes your way. Because the devil's only only going to be gone for a little while. Because he's coming back. The devil's only going to be gone for a season. You're only going to have problems for a season. 
because there's more coming. Jesus knew the devil would be back. Let me tell you something. Enjoy your victory on the mountaintop, man. Praise God for it. But you better prepare for the upcoming season and be ready for the next battle. Look at verses 23 to 24. Notice what the Bible says. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are the gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain. And surely we shall be stronger than they. And do this thing. Take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in their rooms. And so after the battle was over, and the king of Syria went running away on his horse, after they all assembled and got back together, the servants told the king of Syria that the reason Israel won was because Israel's gods, notice it says, little g with an S, their gods were the gods of the hills. And so what happened is, is the Syrians formulated a plan to fight against Israel in the plain, which is the valley. Isn't that what the devil does as well? If the devil can't defeat you on the mountaintop if the devil doesn't defeat you on the hilltop if the devil doesn't defeat you in this way or that way he'll always seek to find another way the first thing I want you to see here is the Bible says there in verse 23 the Bible says that their gods are the gods of the hills there's a couple of mistakes that the Syrians made here. The Syrians mistook the living God for a God of clay and stone. They mistook the living God, the God of Israel. They thought that his protection was limited. They thought his protection was limited. They said their God is the God of the hills. Their God can only help them when they're in a good position. Their God can only help them when everything is good. Their God can only help them when they're at an advantage. But let's come at them when they're in the plain. Let's come at them when they're down there in the valley. And whenever they get down there and we come against them, then we'll be stronger than them. Because their God is limited in his protection. But you see, they mistook the living God for the gods of clay and stone. You see, the children of Israel had been in, uh, in demonic worship. They had been worshiping false gods. And they were known around the countries around them for worshiping these gods. And so they said that the reason why Israel won is because they served the gods of the hills. But they said, let's get them down there in the valley. And when they're down there in the valley, we'll be stronger than them because their gods are limited in their protection. Well, see, first they misunderstood who the God of Israel really was. The second thing they misunderstood is they misunderstood that they misunderstood that God's power isn't limited either. They thought God of Israel was limited in his protection. They thought he was limited in his power. 
the Assyrians felt that the God of Israel was powerless to save them when Israel was in a low place. They felt the God of Israel could not deliver his people. I want you to know something this morning. It doesn't matter how low you get. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter uh, of the valley that you're in. It doesn't matter. None of that makes no difference because God's protection is not limited on the hilltop or the valley. God's power is not limited on the hilltop or in the valley. The Bible tells us that the hand of God, his hand is not shortened that it cannot save he is your God. He is your strength. He is your refuge, your fortress, your present help in time of trouble. God is not limited in his protection, his power, or his provision. So what you need to understand tonight is the mighty hand of God in your life. And that the God that we serve today is the God of hills and valleys. God is not just limited on helping his people and saving his people on the hilltop. It doesn't matter where you're at in your life this morning. It doesn't matter what you're facing. Whether on the hill or in the valley, God is with thee. And the Bible tells us he will never leave us nor forsake us. And the people of Israel here under Ahab's reign had turned their hearts from God and the surrounding countries but God was about to show them his power. He was about to show them his protection. The same God this morning that delivers on the hills is the same God that delivers in the valley. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 verse 39 the Bible says that there is neither height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. On the hill or in the valley, God is always there. There is neither height nor depth that can separate us from the love of God. Whether you're on the hill, whether you're in the valley, it makes no difference whatsoever. God knows the breadth of the valley. He knows the length of the valley. He knows the depth of the valley. He knows the height of the hill. My friend, something you need to understand today is God knows about your hills and valleys. He knows all about them. The second thing is, I want you to see this morning, the second truth is, is that God knows our foe. God knows our foe. Not only does God know our future, but God knows our foe. Look at verses 25 and 26, what the Bible says. The king of Syria was speaking, and he said, Number thee an army, talking to his servant there. He said, Number thee an army like the army that thou hast lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot, and we will fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto their voice and did so. And it came to pass at when? The return of the year. Didn't God just say that that was what was going to happen? 
That's right. God knows our future. And it came to pass at the return of the year that Ben-Hadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. But I want you to understand and know this morning that no matter where you're at, even if the devil says, hey, I may not have been able to beat him on the, on the hilltop, what I'll do is, is I'll get him where, well, maybe God can't, I'll get him where, where nobody can help him. I'll get him down there in the valley when he's at his worst time. I'll get him down there in the valley when he's, when he's probably most vulnerable. But God knows already our foe. Because God knows our future. He knew that the king of Syria was going to be coming back at the return of the year. He already knew the number that was coming back. He already knew how many. He already knew what the battle was going to be like. He already knew what was going to take place. The king of Syria said, let's, let's form an army just like the one we had. And we'll come against them in the valley. And when we get down there, we'll be stronger than them. We serve a God that knows the strength of the enemy we face. We serve a God that knows the number of the enemy. No matter how much the devil wishes to unleash on our lives. No matter how much tribulation and trials we go through in life. God knows the battle ahead. God knows what's coming our way. And not only does God know our foe, but he knows our valley. He knows the trouble sometimes. And he knows where we are. As I said before, God knows the darkness of the valley. Of the valley, God knows the length of the valley. God knows the height of the valley. God knows everything about your valley this morning. And every one of us at some point spends time in the valley. Jesus said in John 16 verse 33. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus says, in this world you're going to have some trials. Jesus said, in this world you're going to have some hard times. But don't you be afraid. Don't you get down because I have overcome the world and you can overcome it through me. If you're in the valley this morning, understand that there are other great men and women of God that have been there as well. Sometimes when we get in that valley, we think we're the only one that's been there. Sometimes when we get in that valley, we look around, we think we're the only one that's going through something. But let me tell you something. You got brothers and sisters here this morning. You got neighbors across the street. You got people in this community and across the whole world that are going through problems just like you and some a whole lot worse. Yeah, there's people in the Old Testament, New Testament alike, all throughout the Bible that went through some hard times. They went through valleys in their life. Abraham went through some valleys. Moses went through some valleys in his life. Elijah went through valleys. David went through valleys in his life. John the Baptist went through valleys in his life. He was imprisoned. Then had his head cut off. Martyred. The Apostle Paul went through valleys in his life. He described how he was beaten three times, how he was stoned, how he was put in prison. And then he himself was eventually martyred as well. And last but certainly not least, our own 
Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who became sin for us that he might bring us to God went through a valley in his life you say well what valley did he go through well he went through several valleys he went through the valleys of rejection many folks didn't want him many folks didn't care nothing about him people said things about him evil wicked things about him people talked about him the Lord Jesus was there in the garden of Gethsemane fighting for our freedom our liberty today as the Bible says that he was there in that garden sweating great drops of blood he was in the valley when the soldiers came and took him away and they beat him and they spit on him and they mocked him and they whipped him and they plucked his beard out and they nailed him to that cross and as he was on that cross for six hours he was going through the valley our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ this morning knows what it's like to go through the valleys. All of these men had hills and valleys in their life. And they had to learn not only to obtain victory on the mountain or in the hills, but they had to learn to obtain victory in the valleys as well. David knew. King David, he knew what hills and valleys were all about. He knew how they made him feel. When you're going through some battles and fights in your life, whether it's on the hilltop or down in the valley, there are many emotions that we go through. David said in Psalm 23 as he was going through some battles in his life David said yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me and here David described his hills and his valleys as walking through the shadow of death but he said that though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death, though I'm walking through this, I will fear no evil. He said, I'm not going to be afraid. You know what the Lord Jesus said? He said, in the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. David said, I'll fear no evil. Why? Why was he going to fear evil? Why wasn't he going to be afraid? Because the psalm says, for thou art with me. And there we see God in the valley. There we see God there in David's valley. As David had men that were seeking to take his life. As David had men that were rising up against him and speaking out against him. And he says, Look, it's like I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. But he says, look, 
I know I'm walking through a valley right now. But I'm not going to be afraid. Because thou art with me. Suppose for a moment. That maybe Jeremiah. Had never gone through some of the valleys. In his life. Jeremiah in the Bible is known as the weeping prophet. But let's suppose for a moment. That Jeremiah would have never went through these valleys in his life. How could he have ever written scriptures like Lamentations 3 verses 22 to 23? And he describes God during this time of valleys in his life. And he says that he says God's his compassions fail not. He said they are new every morning and great is thy faithfulness. Even though Jeremiah is described as the weeping prophet, even though Jeremiah uh, was treated badly, even though he was ignored and talked about, he went through valleys in his life. But even though he went through valleys in his life, he was still able to write scriptures talking about God's compassion. And how they fail not. Talking about how they are new every morning. Suppose Paul had never gone through some of the valleys he went through in his life. Whenever he turned to God and he prayed and he said, God, will you please take this thorn in my flesh away? And the Bible says that he prayed three times. For God to take this thorn in his flesh away. But for whatever reason God chose not to. But you know what God did? God said my grace is sufficient for thee. How could Paul have ever seen and felt and understood the grace of God if he had never went through what he went through. You know, we can learn lessons in the valleys that can't be learned on the hilltop. And we can learn lessons on the hilltop that can't be learned in the valley. We achieve victories in the valleys that are unlike any of the other victories that we achieve on the hills. And understand this today. Great Christians are made by passing through great valleys. Great Christians are made when they pass through great valleys. It's in the valleys where we learn to pray. It's in the valleys where we learn to trust and obey. It's in the valleys where we develop. And God molds us and makes us into men and women of God. Let's look at verse 27. The Bible says, And the children of Israel were numbered, and were all present, and went against them. And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. 
The Bible says here that as Israel gathered itself in the valley, that they were just like two little flocks of kids up against this army that filled the whole countryside. And as Israel stood up against her foe, she was outnumbered. And sometimes it seems in our life that our enemies are stronger than we are. And they are more than we are. But understand this today. That you and God make the majority. You and God make the majority. Look at verse 28. And the Bible says, And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude in thine hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Why was God delivering his people here? Because he wanted his people to understand that he was the God of hills and valleys. The people had went into paganism. They was worshiping false gods. And God said, look, I'm going to deliver these people into your hand so that you will understand that I am the Lord God, that I am the God of Israel. That I am the only God. I am the living God. We serve a God of hills and valleys today. I want to reassure you this morning that we serve a God of promises, we serve a God of blessings. We serve a God of comfort. We serve a God of peace. We serve a God of, of power. We serve a God of provision. We serve a God of, of eternal life. Our God is the God of hills and valleys today. Look at verse 29. Notice what the Bible says, verse 29. Here we're going to see the third the third truth that God not only knows our future God not only knows our foe but God knows our faith God knows our faith look at verse 29 the Bible says and they pitched one over against the other seven days and so it was that in the seventh day the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a hundred thousand footmen in one day. Here we see that Israel was outnumbered and fighting in the valley. And sometimes that's how it is. We seem outnumbered fighting in the valley, but they didn't back down. They didn't run. Why didn't they? Because they knew that God was with them. They knew the living God was with them. And so they bit they didn't back down from the enemy. They stood the ground. Against all odds, they fought out of faith. You see, what the devil wants you to do this morning, the devil wants you to surrender. The devil wants you to declare yourself defeated. The devil wants you to declare yourself already destroyed. 
And the nation of Israel here could have done that. Here they were as two little flocks of kids surrounded by a country of Syrian army. Surrounded by the surrounded in the country by the Syrian army. And they could have given up. They could have run. They could have fled. They could have not fought. But because they had faith in God, they stayed. Israel was up against a mountain of an enemy. But their faith and trust in God brought them through the battle in the valley. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. And so what we see here is the nation of Israel up against a mountain of an enemy. But yet they had, they had placed their faith in God. And because they had done that, God delivered them. And he said, I'm going to deliver them into your hand and you will know that I am the Lord. And so what I'm saying today is, is that sometimes in our lives, it seems like we're up against a mountain of an enemy. But the Bible says that if we have the faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, remove from there and go to yonder place. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Understand today, it doesn't matter where you're at, whether you're on a hilltop, whether you're in the valley. It doesn't matter what mountain you face, what valley you're in. You just have faith in God and trust in God that God will be there. And if it is his will, nothing will be impossible unto you. Many here this morning have already had and some are presently fighting battles in their life. Some are presently in the valley. I think of one here this morning that has been battling cancer, that has, that has battled cancer in their life. And they trusted in God. And they had faith in God that God would deliver them. And it was God's will that this person be cleansed of cancer. And here they sit today. I can think of another that was having a heart condition And I remember calling one morning after this person had went to the doctor to hear the report. And I talked to him and I said, I just wanted to, to see how everything was, to see what the doctor said. And I tell you what, man, she was praising God because she said, I'm not going to have to have that defibrillator put in. I'm not going to have to have this pacemaker put in. And the doctors don't even understand why. And she was praising God. And God had saw fit to take care of that heart condition. There are many other folks here that have walked through valleys in their life where God has delivered you. I just want to tell you this morning, understand this. You take note of these things in your life that God has done for you and how God has blessed you and had his hand in life. You take note of that. And mark it down and remember it. 
Because there's another battle coming. There's another battle on the way. Now we don't always know what they are. But we know that God knows. Because he knows our future. But we don't need to worry because he knows our foe. And we can be a good cheer because we have faith. And God knows our faith. Many of you here this morning have prayed and asked God to move mountains in your life. And God has moved them. I know we may all want to live a life of sunshine every day in hilltop experiences. But sometimes sunshine every day makes for a barren desert. And hilltop living causes us to miss the blessings we can receive in the valley. If you're in the valley this morning, understand this. At the end of every valley is a hilltop. And whether you're in the valley or you're on the hilltop, you're never alone. Because neither height nor depth can separate you from the love of God. What is that love of God? Well, the Bible says that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever would believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The love of God is that the Lord Jesus Christ died for you and he bled for you on that old rugged cross so that you didn't have to die and go to hell today. So that you didn't have to die and go to hell today. So you didn't have to die lost forever. If you don't know Christ today, I encourage you to come to know him this morning.